All right. Hello. Welcome and good morning to the Coach's Corner brought to you by the Endurance Lab, where you can join us, recap the week, and answer your questions from the forum. My name is Jason Flores, one of your Endurance Lab coaches, and today I'm joined by coaches Mitch Dangerman and our nutritional therapist, Andrea Cullen. Good morning, you guys. Good morning. Good morning. Excellent. Excellent. Good. Let's bring up our show notes here. We'll go ahead and get started. I'm going to go straight over to Andrea this morning. She's got a fun collection of things and a desk full of supplements and real food. She's actually going to cook us a meal for a post-workout right on the show here today. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about fueling after workouts, that is, or what, 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 what do we got? This is kind of a little bit of a throw at. So let's hear it. Yeah, well, I just thought we'd keep on a theme of introducing people to a few things every week that just, it's easy to see and learn rather than to just hear the words and, and never try. So I'm just like grabbing things randomly from, from the kitchen that's topical for me. So protein, we always talk about protein for recovery. So I have three things that we can use as options. So we all have heard about yeah. our whey protein. Yeah. Now, an important thing with the two that I have here is what you want to get is the informed sport um, or safe for sport or NSF certified for sport on your container. So this is European and it's drug screened, um, marked and informed sport somewhere else. So that's that's whey protein that can be used after training. If you're short on time and you have certain sessions that require a little bit of protein, which will almost nearly link into what you're talking about later, Jason, at yep. the end of the show, um, sometimes a bit of whey can be helpful or in baking, pancakes, muffins, huh. you yeah. can you can make a whole load of things with whey protein. I don't believe we should rely on these things, um, but they're really, really handy to have in the cupboard. So this is what Garen uses. He uses the whey. Now, not everyone is into whey. I don't know why. Whey is an awesome food. Um, I would consider whey a food, not a supplement, a food extract. But there's also vegan proteins. So this one, the Garden of Life one, yeah. is actually certified safe for sport. Um, it's the first time I've tried this one. I like vegan proteins for some reason. I just prefer the flavor. It's it's not that I'm anti-dairy. Um, previous to this, I've always used the Vega Sport brand. So I was just giving this, this a trial. So it has your blends. Actually, they're kind of the same. I think one is kind of copying the other, and I think Vega got in first. But it has your pea protein, your navy bean protein, sprouted lentils, sprouted garbanzo beans, which we call chickpeas, um, cranberry protein. I think it also has turmeric and bitter cherry in there. Probably not a huge amount. So that is another option for your, your recovery. And if you don't want to do that, and a lot of swimmers that I work with, they do this. So your chocolate oh. or vanilla milk. Yeah. So how do you guys use, what do you do? Mitch, go ahead. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm not the best guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> contrast. Yeah, contrast here. So, I mean, I'll sometimes default to the chocolate milk. I've got a yeah. good, uh, good recovery um, powder that I'll mix uh, shakes with if it's like a really long, kind of harder workout. But a lot of the time, if it's not that hard of a workout, I'm just kind of having a normal breakfast. Um, yeah. uh, Costco's got these things right now. They're um, they're almost like these little dense cakes with like chia and and some other things in them that I'll have those because they're just so easy to go on the go. I'm, I'm usually a really really compressed schedule in the morning, so it's what I can grab. Is it an energy? Is it like a rectangular energy? Um, no, they're, they're little circles. I'll bring them next time. Yeah, I have to take a look. I, I think the other thing I'm thinking of is like an it's like an Aussie bite or something. It comes it's, in like that's what it is. There it's you Aussie go. Bites. Okay, yeah. there you go. 
There's a couple good samples from the weekend I remember trying. I, that was one of them. The, yeah. They're tasty, and, and they yeah. seem to they put a ton of calories in a small amount, so you have to be really careful because yeah. like one of them is 130 calories. It's so only this quickly, big. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, and the only rough part we're off track here is the, the chia seeds, right? You, you you invariably get them in your teeth, and then they <laughs> then they grow, and you get these little gelatinous uh, <laughs> things stuck in your teeth. Baby bobas? <laughs> oh my god i guess going even further off track did you hear that story in um is it hong kong or in china uh somebody got 128 boba stuck in their like intestines yeah oh she my was, god she, she was drinking way too many bubble teas in a quick succession and she got like uh uh constipation, constipation. And, uh, yeah. and it was it was a bunch of bobas stuck yeah. in her gut have you, you oh. do you know what these are right andrea there's little bubble i have no clue what you're uh, talking tapi about <laughs> tap, tap, tapioca balls <laughs> Yeah, oh. Large tapioca pearls. balls, like, uh, yeah, about a quarter inch or so. And we put them in drinks, like sugary drinks, and people drink them. And this oh. girl had drank a, a godly amount. But I, I would say, you probably have to ask your daughter, Mitch. I, there's has to be at least 50 in a drink. So that's what I didn't get, because, I mean, cause there, I mean there's a good amount. Like, you have a, you have a drink, uh -huh. and about this much is, yeah. is pearls. So, I mean, that's got to be it. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure out how it happened, because, I mean, yeah. it's just, they're literally just, like, sugar and... and tapioca i think is what they are and then you boil them and you store them in like a honey water there's uh, like a, a starchy thing and then there's it was very serious a pediatrician came on board talked about constipation and <laughs> and, and non-digestible starches and i was like wow this is but anyway so now it's dangerous to have boba so you have to be careful no 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 tapioca pearls but all right so um i guess on my on my end i do a couple different things um I, I, I do enjoy cooking. Um, I do morning workouts, so breakfast is with Ryland, uh, my six-year-old now. So um, cooking and things we do enjoy in the morning. So um, the balance is, has been different over the years, depending on the intensity, um, definitely more carbohydrates than protein um, post-workout for me. Um, but kind of on a normal basis, let's say like for example today on a, a more of a rest day, um, it'll be a lot more proteins than it is carbohydrates. So we do a lot of eggs, Eggs are really easy. Um, I like to count. They're like five or six grams each, so I can figure, kind of figure that out, how much I have, try to get a big load in the morning, um, and that's very useful. On the go, um, like from example, from uh, like a race day or a weekend where I'm traveling, like I was, what, 80 minutes away from the house, um, I'll bring something that has um, essentially just simple sugar powder and my protein powder, and I'll mix it to the ratio that I want after, so I can have that right after I get off the bike when I get back to the car. And then I could have whatever's at the expo and that sort of thing. Um, and a lot of times, you know, I, I'm, I'm very measured. So that's, I just know that I'm going to get that in. And then the other protein that I use is a casein protein. So whey protein is that full combination when they, um, they take everything out of the milk, you get um, all, those, all, all that protein. And casein is from uh, that portion is a very, much more slower releasing protein. So I'll do that a lot of times in the evening. And Mitch, actually, I maybe haven't mentioned this to you. I don't know if you still um, like do a lot of snacking in the evening. This has helped me quite a bit. And so, because my wife's up a little bit later, so I'll kind of try to hang out. And um, and I'll, she's always snacking something, this, that, or the other, because she has a later meal. But I'll have like a pro this casein protein, and it helps me through that and not feel, because I'm up a little bit later, feel hungry. And then it also helps into the evening because it's such a so slow release. Um, so those are kind of my two. I do um, whey, real food, whey protein, um, post-workouts, and then um, casein for those those evenings. Um, they've been really good. 
Yeah, casein is awesome. It's in very uh, cottage cheese will have a similar effect right, 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 right. Um, as a snack. And, you know, the approach that you're describing is the one that everyone should be doing and Mitch as well with real food as often as possible. Yep. And that these these are in the cupboard for emergencies because they are food supplements. So they're when we're stuck, when we're traveling, when we're short on time. Um, that's where using them in in pancakes or adding whey into your oats can even be a, a slightly better step if you haven't time to make the egg because at least you're getting the real food with yeah. that. Because um, real food just contains so much more. It's got your vitamins, your minerals, your antioxidants, your fiber. Um, and I feel it satisfies you just in a different way because your body's getting what it needs. So often you see the younger generation in the gym and they're all carrying around like yes. they cannot leave oh. the whey protein aside <laughs> um, yeah. and they're overdoing it and they're actually they're actually as much as they're trying to gain bulk they're gaining fat as well because uh, whey is very insulin promoting so yes. if you're oh, if you okay. overdo the calories you're, you're actually you're just going to get fat you, you know it's it's we're not going to die if you know we leave the whey protein to the side and, and go on real food for a bit too um so what else have I got? Keeping so real, with so real yeah. quick, Andrea. So I also default to a yogurt, a Greek yogurt in the morning yeah. a lot. Um, really, mainly because of the calcium, because I don't. I mean, I know I can get calcium from like a lot of the greens, like broccoli. We have a lot of broccoli in our house, but uh, for me, it's I, I had like a bout of stress fractures years ago, so I'm always really cognizant of making sure I actually get some calcium when I start running again, mm -hmm. um, so that I can actually help my body. Well, with bones, we need so much more than just calcium. We need the vitamin D and vitamin K to help and magnesium. So it's calcium or our dairy. There's more as well that we can be like your, your dark leafy greens, getting your sunshine, getting your vitamin D levels checked and maintaining a balance between the magnesium and the calcium um, is, is going to be important. But the calcium in dairy is really interesting because they found that the calcium in dairy, so when we eat like a lot of cheese products, tends to block the fat absorption actually. And they found mm -hmm. that people adding, you know, good quality dairy or cheeses into their diets, it can be helpful with weight loss. I think, and I think that's a gut, a gut mechanism where it's kind of absorbing it and preventing it all being absorbed. Mm -hmm. um, I might need to check on that. So yeah, if, da if dairy suits you and you're going for good quality, I have no issue with that. But some people, not everyone's great on, on dairy. And then there's the whole debate, grass fed quality, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And that's good. And, and it's giving you some protein. So the Greek yogurt are the high protein content yogurts or cottage mm -hmm. cheeses are your better options and trying to get some live probiotics in there, some but yeah, I take, a, I take a probiotic at night now, actually through the day, so. Which is pretty cool. And I'm sure probiotics are linked with good gut, good bones as well. They, they do everything. <laughs> You're muted. Whoa. <laughs> I was like, whoa. What else did you have there? Thanks. Yeah, what, what, what else, else did you have? Yeah, yeah. Um, so on the theme of trying to keep protein intake up, and this week, what few vegans and vegetarians on our on our forum and a lot of us endurance athletes some days we don't need quite so many carbs but we love them so what we do in our house is we have a lot of bean pastas so things like black bean spaghetti and there's also edamame bean spaghetti these ones i haven't tried yet oh no i have the mung bean and you can get them in all sorts of different shapes like spaghettis or spirals or even Noki or Noki or however you pronounce it, it. it. And and how do they taste? Amazing. Yeah. And this is another one, pea pasta. So huh. they're making 
spaghetti type food with beans and, and legumes and they're high in protein, high in fiber, much lower in carbohydrates and they're they're really good. Like we had a chickpea pasta the other day and like we way over it because we were like, wow, this is really good. And I'm not just telling fibs, they, they do taste good and they work as a really good alternative to your regular wheat pastas. So for the days when you're more strength-based or the volume or intensity of, and duration of your training isn't that high, you could just switch out those pastas for the higher protein ones. And then on your days when you are doing the volume or intensity, bring back in the more carbohydrate-based pastas. Yeah, I, th I think that's interesting. We have um, we do the black bean one, uh, Trader Joe's, easily purchased right now, Mitch, if you want to give it a try. I think one thing to remember is um, if you ate wheat pasta by itself, it actually tastes like nothing. And so what we're looking for is a carrier of whatever sauce, other meats that we're putting on top. Um, and so what you're typically looking for is something that's kind of a essentially more bland piece, right? <laughs> and that's what these these ones might have a little bit of taste. Um, you've had you've had mung bean cake before though too right mitch probably no no <laughs> okay so <laughs> I, I thought for sure i thought for sure um but beans yeah i guess i want to my wife would say it tastes like dirt but it doesn't taste like <laughs> dirt um because she has it all the time but it's definitely worth a try um you'll get some protein out of it uh versus almost nothing out of a wheat um, um, pasta yeah. yeah so i mean you know, and my, you know, my parents would say, what about a, wheat, a whole wheat pasta? I'm like, oh, it's just as, you know, just as bad. You should definitely try. And we've, we've had them over. They've had it um, separately, just blindly, and, they, and it was fine. They couldn't tell the difference. So, um, yeah, I think it's a good option. And, and you could definitely diversify what you're having in your meals um, when you need them. And you can use them, these as tools. Yeah, we're not big pasta folks in our house. Um, yeah. we're, we're more, you know, kind of traditional kind of... Uh, meat vegetables in a in a starch mm -hmm. um and try to limit the starch but uh absolutely no i definitely uh, i'll grab a box it'd be interesting to see yeah give it a try give it a try what else is coming um, anything else from the kitchen there andrea there's one more from the kitchen and then one practical one so i got a podium recently in a race and yeah, I got you some did. Freebies. yeah you did um so the freebies that they gave us were something that i used years and years ago for my athletes and i'd kind of forgotten about i even had the company sponsor some athletes so it's the cherry so there's there's different brands like on iherb in the states you and you have mm -hmm. the company dynamic health and mm -hmm. they've got a five-time concentrated Oof. bitter cherry extract and then Cherry Active have made little sh shots as well as having it. Now, <laughs> Garen, I said, did you get your shot? He said, oh my God, they're terrible. Yeah, it's, said, it's rough. He didn't, he didn't dilute it. It's, this is like the shot to make a drink. He thought it was a gel. Oh. So he, he drank it on the bike and got a bit of a surprise. Um, but bitter cherry, and, and I would assume a lot of very darkly pigmented fruits the research just needs to follow on those are really helpful for recovery, inflammation, antioxidant content, and bitter cherry in particular helps to raise melatonin levels. So it's really helpful in the evening time. And anecdotally, some of my athletes use it every time they get a cough or cold, um, they find that it reduces the time that they're sick. They just make a hot drink out of it. Um, uh, so there are your cherry shots. Uh, you use these, Jason, or a similar? I do some. It, it comes in um, the powder that I use that has um, uh, beet juice. So it has, it's, it's in that. I use the one from um, Endurance 360. Um, and yeah, I usually do a three-day loading phase like we did at camp. 
which is um, two servings the three days before and then one the morning of. And I actually didn't do caffeine uh, for my race. And I'll talk a little bit about it later because they do um, kind of uh, co-inhibit. So I only do one or the other. And um, it worked well because then I could use caffeine later on in the race because I knew that there's going to be some big things coming up. And so I used it later on. So definitely not using them together. Tart cherry juice kind of every day for recovery from what I understand is, is a really good thing. Um, but it's all throughout the day and the dosing is quite high. So you got to really enjoy your your cherry juice if you're having it. Yeah. Um, I do think, you know, to get a blend of that with your other kind of colorful beans or very darkly pigmented vegetables will probably hit similar so that you don't need to be just having cherry all of the time or buying an expensive extract because cherry mm -hmm. is is quite expensive. Um, but it's 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 all good, especially if you're not a great fruit or vegetable eater, to try and get these things in other ways. Absolutely. Uh, the last oh, one. Oh, last one. Here we go. Physiotape. So, us girls and especially the runners tend to have awful problems with the Garmin on our chest bone, creating really bad cuts and scars. Um, and. I've seen people use all sorts of weird ways and wonderful ways um, or expensive wound care plasters, but I find the physiotape, just two inches of that underneath the Garmin saves a lot of... Cause so, I, I, so what's her, what, you're getting cut by the edge of the Garmin, like the edge of the, where's my, yeah. oh, it's not here. Oh, so it's a plastic yeah. edge of the, interesting. It just tends to slip out under your sports bra sometimes, or even when it's under the sports bra, it, it, it rubs. And it actually happened to me in my last race, even though I had the tape, the garment hit under the tape and I'm cut raw. And it's, it's actually so painful to try and heal it up. Um, and I know it happens quite a few, few women. It's probably less likely to happen on the bike because you're not, you're not moving gotcha. as much, but running it's, it's, gotcha. and I find the physio tape, it's very um, inexpensive way to prevent that where some people use like melanin plasters you know the special wound care plasters that yeah, have the yeah, window yeah. in the middle huh? but they're almost a dollar a, a bandage so obviously that's Every gonna workout. get expensive yeah have you guys seen um i saw maybe just one or two people um with the armband uh for heart rate like under their kit oh. yeah i think i think mm -hmm. ian's uh, if you we will have to ask ian about it um, i think he has one that he um uses or tries but that's really interesting but that's an interesting use of a uh, physio tape also. <laughs> kind of useless for anything else. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny. I did see somebody, where was it? Oh, soup plantation. So this is like an all you can eat like salad buffet. And some lady had it like around here, up the side, on her hand. And she was like holding her plate. I'm like, yeah, she's ready to hold like several plates at the buffet. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, and it was colorful too. It was like, you know, blue and green. And I was like, man, that's... <laughs> It's really helping, I think. But yeah, there was a meme. There was a meme with KT tape in the last week, and I can't remember what it was. But it was someone who was, it, it God bless him for for being out there and doing oh, yes. the race. I know the you're event. talking about the whole back but, was uh, the whole back was yeah. full of tape, and the person was was way out of shape. Yeah. And, and <laughs> so you know, God bless him for for yes for being there and participating yeah. and, and trying to better themselves. But yeah, the KT tape was way. I mean, they might as well. They were almost like a mummy. It was it was insane. Yeah, and it and the meme was like um like Angie, I think you know we need to throw the towel in on this one. Like she was at the starting <laughs> line, like at the water, like just like ready to go. Yeah, I think I remember that one. That's pretty interesting. All right, so we got a little bit about fueling up to workouts, looking at real food meals um versus uh, um and milk as uh, a good option. Whey, some casein proteins, looking at that, looking at a vegan option. 
looking at some other protein options like bean pasta, mug bean, um, green bee pasta as good options kind of as your real food um, substitution. Uh, some fun options in tart cherry extracts and then um, a really interesting use of cherry of cherry tape, <laughs> physio tape. <laughs> Excellent. All right, let's uh, slide on over to the article of the week. Um, and Mitch has found something really interesting that came across so much so I got a chance to read it in line at Disneyland yesterday. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome. So, so there's a, uh, a section or column in uh, Outside Magazine called Sweat Science yep. by uh, a gentleman named Alex Hutchinson. And he had an article in the last week or so called, Have We Really Found the Limit of Human Endurance? Um, and the article starts out, he got like three or four phone calls the same day from friends who had come across the study. I think it was actually in the BBC where it was first reported, um, saying that the ultra ultimate limit of human endurance had been found. And they had done a study on racers in uh, a run race called Race Across America. So it's like a 40-odd day race where mm -hmm. people run from one side of the country to the next. And what the researchers were looking at and what they their hypothesis was, was that um, the maximum rate at which you can burn calories over a sustained period of time is really how you figure out the limit of human endurance. And what they did was they took a data from that study. So they had poked and prodded these runners as they went across America and looked at their, um, their ability to digest uh, calories and process them. And they plotted them against other studies of endurance um, events, everything from, you know, short races to marathons to the Tour de France to to the race across America, to even like some guys who were, were pushing sleds all the way to the North Pole or something like this. Um, so they, they had some really interesting, they even had like uh, some farmers in Gambia who must go through like a really, really long protracted harvest period and, and how are they able to sustain themselves. So, I mean, we don't think of that as an endurance event, but yeah. I mean, it really is if you're out there every day doing this. So what they ended up doing was if you just look at people on a calorie basis, we're all different. So they come up with this concept called metabolic scope, which they take your basal metabolic rate, so the rate at which you just would process calories sitting here doing nothing all day, and then uh, as a multiple of how many calories you burn in the event. So uh, by example, like if you're running a world record pace marathon, your uh, metabolic scope is 15 times. So the amount of calories you burn would be 15 times your metabolic rate. Um, for that period of time that you're running, not you know over the course of the race. Um, and Tour de France racers, while well, they're active, they're burning it at about a 4.9 rate. So then they took all these numbers and they plotted them on a graph. And what was interesting was the curve shows itself and it kind of evens out around 2.5, which is what they're saying that this is kind of the limit. There's a, there's a limit of what your body can actually digest, they think, in the gut. Um, calories over the long run. So even these runners in the in the race across America, they started out processing calories higher for a day or so, but they eventually limited out around 2.5. Um, they, they also looked at another study. This is what I thought was really interesting was, so they looked at it first from what are athletes doing, but then they looked at a study where they forced gluttony on people to see <laughs> see how much can the body actually process. If you just like, you know, do that McDonald's experiment, yeah. that guy, remember that movie? Uh -huh. um, if you just try to eat a ton every day, is there a limit to what your body can actually handle? And that came out wow. to around the same number. Wow. Um, so over the long run, they think there's kind of a hard limit. And I'm sure it's a little different for everybody, but it's around 2.5. But then I think what's interesting is the study talks about the fact that, that now once you know this, is there something that's trainable? Can you actually 
work with your body or are there are ways that you can over the long run improve that number or are we all kind of just limited at some some hard uh number what our, our gut can actually digest wow so um andrea for reference what's what's um a basal medical basal metal um metabolic rate for somebody 2000 what, what numbers are we kind no, of talking 1500 what we, we, no, lower than that, because basal metabolic rate Oh, it's is, like nothing, nothing, right? It's oh. you lying flat on your back, not thinking, not doing, just the bare essential for your body gotcha, to, to gotcha. tick over with the essential functions. So right. there so is there's really okay. uh, 15, 1600. It would depend. It would be a function of your 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 muscle mass gotcha. um, and gotcha. obviously the, the, yeah. your size. Um, so, yeah. Wow, I can't imagine. 4,500 calories on it, but that's an all day. That's like an all day trek then. You're, is, well, that's is what they're saying was these guys who are doing the sleds in Antarctica. Yeah. You know, over the long run, they, they went down to this level, yeah. but they are losing weight, right? It doesn't mean that you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you can only process over that amount of time, yeah, 45, say, you know, I'm sure these guys basal metabolic rate was higher, but they also means you're burning more calories. Right. But they would have had cold extremes and probably would they've been at altitude. No, are you not, at altitude? You're not. Okay. You're not the race. Not, like not the race against. Stuff. Not the race against America. But but, are, but in the extremes, like if yeah. you're climbing Mount Everest and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, so you're going to have an elevated elevated basal metabolic rate. But yeah. obviously, do you think it's just the body decides? You know, I'm not a machine. This yeah. Is, this is the level of in versus out, and I'm going to slow you down to match what can go in. Well, that's so what's interesting is, is it's over the long run, right? Like the Tour de France racers for 22 21, days. Yeah, 21, 22 can, days, right. And they're not, and it's not all day, right? I mean, it's most of the day. And so they also talk about, you know, our, is the content of the calories, if it's gels or sports drinks, mm -hmm. does that allow you to go a little higher? Because it's, I guess, easier to process. Right. Hmm. We're doing gastric tubes when we're out doing racing, you know, we just be pumping it straight past or into the... Into the bloodstream. <laughs> IV. <laughs> yeah. But but there will be a limit on on everything that can process because the liver has to process mm -hmm. the you know your the, the whole the whole body's still working and then that work takes energy too. So I suppose it would make sense that there has to be a limit. Yeah. And then you'll have an outlier that is freaky right. weird. Um, just like in every sport, you know, the freaky high VO2 max, the freaky long arms, the freaky big heart. There's there's going to be someone just genetically different yeah. yeah that's nuts but 2.5 times basal metabolic rate they're calling that and even the people oh and people even just given everything they wanted to eat couldn't eat couldn't even overeat that continuously yeah, over, over, over a longer period of time yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's nuts that's pretty nuts. and you know how how like how full of calories things could be i mean we talked about some samples even just today but just being you know just stuffing yourself with all of that your body would just be like no more just like not hungry anymore we talk about things that like real foods that have those triggers that where people are just you know like if you eat all this protein like your body would be like oh that's enough but at some yeah. point the body just has that that you know that instinct like hey there's there's no more i can put in you know that's really interesting i guess i guess we just need to figure out the question is is like at the end is could you train it to be 2.75 or 3.0 like in the example you know and what would it take to do that <laughs> you know what's interesting though too is because in 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 the triathlon world, there's always these folks who are trying to do like a hundred Ironmen in, in 100 yes. days. Yes. Oh my gosh. Last year, and, I remember and, that. It, yes. And, and you think about someone trying to do this and the, and the caloric requirements of running an Ironman, 
And, I, you know, I can't off the top of my head know what the number is. I bet Andrea knows it. But uh, <laughs> it put you on the spot. But, she I mean, how, you know, how, 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 how can you do these extreme events and not really have, like, a long-term lasting impact on your body? Because yeah. you just, it seems like so you reach a point where you're dynamic. just... So it's going to be, obviously, there's the calorie in, calorie out. And we probably start to slow down to match what we can get in from a there digestive yeah. system process. And also, you can't just add in more fat because the, the, the gallbladder, and it's a different digestion system. Um, and then, I suppose, sugars are going to be pretty easy. Protein, the liver can only handle so much. It can handle more than we think. Um, but your immune system, there's a consequence. The endocrine system, um, you know, just trying to continually trying to race, there's going to be a, a cost there. So it could impact your thyroid or your adrenals or, you know, maybe your immune system function is going to be compromised. So you get sick. Um, the musculoskeletal system, can it keep repairing itself so that you don't have a, a, a re repetitive injury? So there's so many, makes it hard to study, doesn't it? When there's so many, yeah. and your brain, you know, once there's right. central, central fatigue, your brain is going to just go, no, yeah. Um, no more. I'm going to call it because it, it's like where we can do superhuman feats of strength, but they're only called in when we have a, you know, we want to save someone's life or we need to lift yeah. the bus and stuff like that. So I think the brain is a big limiter because it's, it, or, or something, something is making smart decisions. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know enough. It's, it's curious and fascinating. And you want the scientists studying this to be well-versed in multiple body systems to try and tie it all together. So not just the gut physiologist, but the guy who can look at the immune system and the musculoskeletal system and the turnover and repair of bones and ligaments and tendons and all sorts and tie it all together. Yeah, fascinating. I guess I guess the question is, I was trying to think of the name. It, it goes back to like the central governor theory, right? With the body kind of, you know, keeping control because it wants to stay alive. But we're trying to push the bodies outside of that comfort, outside of that governor mm -hmm. to almost trick it to do these, you know, outstanding feats of endurance, outstanding feats of anything, um, when really the only time it we get out of that is is in a fight or flight response. Where, but it's only for a short amount of time. It's not this four hour, nine hour endeavor in the case of like triathlons and that sort of thing. Like we're trying to push ourselves out of that, um, but finding where your comfort is and is, I guess, is important, and where your where your where your edge is, getting right up to the edge of it. I guess would be the other part of it. <laughs> That's what these uh, a lot of this uh, research kind of brings us, but man, mm. that's pretty. That's pretty. That's pretty interesting. It, it, it's a. Uh, I feel like it's it's higher than I I I think I could ever put in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in, over over a long period of time. Over a yeah, long period sure. of time, like if I could, like if I ate like I did on Saturday every day, like I really wasn't hungry, but I knew there was things I had to eat because there's no way. Yeah. I, yeah, but I mean to keep going like that, it, it was nuts. I should, you know, I might be able to total it, but I have some numbers from today. So excellent. Yeah. Okay. You would have to get fat adapted. And I'm sure if we looked at, you know, ancient cultures where, you know, they had a lot of hard, hard work or look at famine and starvation kind of situations. But then these sort of situations, you're not turning off for a lot, load of calories because your body's gone into ketosis and your thyroid is slowed down. So yeah. Yeah, then you're not going to have ultimate endurance. You're just kind of surviving slow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, cool, excellent. All right, so let's um, slide on over to, slide on over to um, a fun race report that I have here from uh, California. So on Saturday, I raced in what's called the Giro um, de San Diego, actually, 
and I raced in the metric format, and um, so that's 66 miles for those here in uh, in the states. Um, but it was definitely a fun ride. Um, so let's say in the whole ride, there were 685 riders, which is pretty impressive for mm -hmm. just kind of a local ride here in San Diego. My ride had just under 200, I want to say 187 riders total. Um, and in my age group, there was 26 riders. Um, so uh, if you are familiar with the area and those that are, it's, um, it's a pretty uh, quintessential climb. It's called Palomar South Grade. The, um, that's kind of the featured climb in the 66 miles. It came around mile 20, um, and it's a 12-mile climb with 4,500 feet of climbing. And it was um, the part of this ride, or the part of this um, bondo, it was actually um, timed. So once you hit the bottom of the climb, it was kind of a clear section where there wasn't any chance of kind of slowing down or stopping. Um, there was a time chip that we were all wearing, similar to like a marathon or that sort of thing, um, beginning and at the summit. Um, so you got a pretty clear shot at about 11 miles of it without really um, any cars. I want to say I maybe saw five cars in 12 miles, which is nice. Um, it was pretty early in the morning. I want to say 8 o'clock. Um, and even in the run-in, we had um, CHP um, for the almost 20 miles. So we didn't hit a light for 20 miles, which was pretty awesome. It was only supposed to be for like 9 or 10, but for whatever reason, it went a little further. And really just the right turn to the base of the mountain at like 19.6. We slowed down just a little bit and we were just on the gas. Um, we were, the front group was going so quick that we missed the first water station because they weren't ready for us. So we just had to keep going. <laughs> we just had to keep going. But uh, luckily I had um, enough, uh, enough on. Um, I had enough for uh, five, four and a half hours on in my pockets. So I brought that and then I had a bottle and a half by the time I got to the bottom of the base of the mountain. Luckily there was food and water at the very top. Um, but it was really interesting that so the hundred mile ride and the sixty six mile ride rode together like in the same like corral. So I had to really be careful of who I was kind of watching, um, like colors. Um, and it was interesting because we kind of just like on a Zwift race, you kind of ride with that group ahead of you, and you kind of try to keep pace and kind of use them all. Well, a lot of us were were all in the same ideas, like use the guys that are going longer. If they're going to go harder, we're going to follow them. So a lot of us like. Uh, 66 guys were just kind of following that and keeping eyes on each other. But really when you got on the grade at, at you know, eight, 10% for 12 miles, like you, everyone just kind of gets separated and you get into your, your own world. It was, it was a crazy mental ride. And, um, you know, I was talking to Ian before it and kind of like pacing it out. And I was doing the math like halfway through. I'm like, man, I don't think I've done like 90 minutes of SST. And I'm like, that's kind of my goal right now. I'm like, holy cow. Like, I'm like 45 <laughs> minutes in. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I think I need to dial it back. And so I'm just under SST, like 80% now. And I'm like, man, I'm only about halfway through. And like, now I got 80 minutes planned for this. I'm like, okay, I better dial it back a bit. And then, then it got really steep. And luckily I brought enough gears, which I was um, 34, 34, 34. So beautiful, um, you know, one-to-one. -one able to use that be able to stand um, a little bit to kind of loosen up um, but just couldn't wait for this thing to end nobody could, <laughs> even the guys even the fast guys were just like you know glutton for punishment um, and luckily there was a beautiful rest stop at the top but um, for the guys doing 105 they went down the other side and um, and did a bunch of uh, uh, climbing on the other end but for us 66ers we got to go down 12 miles going downhill so definitely had the GoPro on for that and love that. But if you're, if uh, the, the final statistics of climbing was 7,700 feet, 
So somehow between the 4,500 feet wasn't enough. They they figured another seven, you know, another, you know, to get us to 7,700. So right around, I want to say 42, 42 miles, there was a three mile climb that people were walking and only half a mile in people were walking and you're just like, you could just see it as it went up and you, oh my God, is that how high we're going? And it was oh, <laughs> horrible, but it was, but overall, you know, really excited group of people to ride with. Um, and people from all over, you know, hours away coming to ride this ride because it's definitely a, um, a bucket list ride. So I definitely recommend it. Um, and I don't think I would have pushed myself. I was trying to think. I don't think I would have pushed myself if there wasn't as many people there and there wasn't as many carrots on the road to be like, oh, who's the next person? Right. Who's the next person? And then as, as we got to the end, it got kind of thinned out. So we were trying to find groups. And I had gone through say, five times of like cramping both legs you know, ran out of apple cider vinegar to drink, like nothing else to have. But for whatever reason, in the last five miles, 10 of us managed to put in like actual like trains of people like going at like full out pace before the end of the finish line. I don't know where it all came from, but everyone was like really excited and pulling each other. Um, so that was kind of fun getting to the end. Um, when we got to the finish, um, I was surprised there wasn't as many people back, but I guess from our ride, um, there had only been about 25 or 30 people in. Um, out of the 185 and so I had no idea where I was at I just knew I just knew I saw a, a bunch of people coming down the hill uh, as I was coming up and so I knew those people obviously were ahead of us um, but I couldn't tell how many and I don't even remember how many people it was. but it was a great beautiful day it was like 60 65 68 very like I think I pay for my sunshine tax here in California to have that weather um, but it was a fun ride overall but 7700 miles uh, 7700 feet and 66 miles was definitely um, a big chunk, <laughs> a big, a big to bite off, and uh, but it was a good day. So fueling um, came into question of what um, I had, um, and I did a um, I did some SIS gels, um, and I mixed that with real food. I did real food early on, and whenever I could, I had more time um, to eat. So down um, flats, I would eat. Um, I made these bars which have um, raisins. Um, dried mangoes and nuts, kind of simple, and they have about 30, 30 um, grams of um, carbohydrates in each. Pretty small square, about an inch or so across. Um, and then a, an SIS gel with about 22 grams. Um, so anywhere between that combo of two, so 50-ish in like gels and food. And then I was drinking scratch, so that's about 30 grams a bottle. Um, I've been trying to train to get up above, I normally run around 30 or 40. I wanted to make sure I had more than that. So that's about just around, uh, if I got it all in, it'd be 44 with two gels, um, and then three, four, five, seven, around 70 grams of carbohydrates per. And I think, I don't know how I can get more because I felt like I was eating every 30 minutes, which is what I set my timer for. I mean, the only other thing would be just for every 20, but then like, there's always something going on. Like, you know, I had to get with that group or I had to like figure out my pacing and like at SST or even like just below it, 75 or 80%, like, the guys that dial in, like at um, Ironman, like at 75, oh, I don't know what it is. You guys could tell me. I, I have a hard time. I had a hard time eating at that pace. Like anything above, like if I couldn't get off the gas, I really couldn't eat like <laughs> on pace. So. And how did you feel though? Because we all have different efficiency and you, you, you know, you're still not flat out. So yes, you're, yeah, you're going right. to be burning carbs and some of your, your body fats. Yeah. So it's it's asking yourself, well, how did I feel on that? And I guess the only other way to get in more carbs, if you needed them at mm -hmm. all, 
is you have to do it in the same density of food. So it's almost yeah. like adding some honey into the yeah. little bar that you make or exactly. having a, so that you're not, because it's, it's really hard. Like mm -hmm. if you're cycling up that hill, <laughs> how, I don't know how long it took, but 80 minutes. You don't, you're trying to chew and breathe. It's, yeah. it's impossible. Yeah. But yeah. then if you don't do anything, yeah. you're not no, getting it in. During the climb, were you uh, eating solids or was it all liquid? No, I couldn't. So like, let's, okay, so 20 minutes before, um, yeah. I took in um, like 150 milligram caffeine gel. And then, um, then I started the timer. And then 30 minutes after that, I was like, oh, you know, I'm still at the bottom of the climb. Still breathing okay. Had a good group. Um, I, I pulled out like a scratch bar uh, or yeah, it was a bar. It was harder. It was solid food. I took two bites. I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> I put it back in my pocket. I'm like, let me go the other side and start pulling gels and then gels and like breathing through my teeth, like <laughs> and then trying to squeeze them out, <laughs> breathe through my teeth. But yeah. And so did that. And so I essentially just went gels like every 30 minutes mm -hmm. as I went up. That's the only thing I could put in. I wasn't hungry. I knew I needed to eat and I knew I didn't want to run out like going up, you know, and then I ate a huge amount on the top and uh, to give time to get to the bottom because I knew I couldn't eat on the way down because I averaged around just like 32 miles per hour on the way down. So um, I was like, okay, so I'm not gonna be able to eat for the next whatever 30, 40 minutes. And then I ate as I got to the bottom, then I could eat um, solid food when I got to the bottom. But then my both of my anytime I would go higher, higher than like 90 RPM, both my legs would start to seize. So I had to yeah. keep like a little bit of pressure on the pedal or otherwise my legs would start seizing up even though there wasn't much haste going. So, uh, so I think I think that's the difference between cycling, long cycling events and, and like longer triathlon events is because I if I juxtapose like a half Ironman against that gravel race I did earlier this yeah. year, you know, the Ironman, you're, you're, you're by yourself a lot. It's kind of a steady effort. There's really not a lot of group dynamics going on. I mean, you have to be aware but it's much more steady and, and there's mm. just less distractions. But if I think into the road race, right, I mean, like you're saying, there's a group and there's bridging and there's yeah. there's turns and there's so much going on. It's it's easy. Like, I know I didn't have enough calories during that, yeah. that event. And it's so hard, I think, just to, you know, you know it's time, but you, you can't do it right then. And then your mind goes somewhere else and you forget. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's that's really, I think, the the issue is how do you manage so many things going on at one time and still make sure your nutrition is where it needs to be? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like early on, you know, um, I, I, I looked around and the first 20 miles, I didn't see people really pulling things out. But I mean, uh, how keen can you be? But that's where you need to get fuel in early, you know, 30 minutes in, like we're six miles to the very first climb, which is like three miles, uh, three miles up. And I was like, I got to eat before this for sure. You know, make sure I feel good on the other side. But a lot of people that were like on the front, you just see them like pop out of like, we're like 10 miles in like a 66 or 100 mile ride and people popping out of the back of this group. Like, you know, they're stopped. Like that was really, really fast. And, you know, things don't ever go as neutral as they're supposed to because we were supposed to be neutral for like the first 10 miles. But I guess someone, they didn't put a car in front of us. So they just stopped all the lights. So the pace just kept going up and up and up until yeah. like until like the the six or eight highway patrol couldn't even keep up with the lights and so like they had to hurry up and get to the lights as we got to the the climbs wow. but they should have put us because what they said they were going to do is put someone in front of us so that we would only go whatever 15 to 20 until an until a certain amount of time then they would let us go but I, there must have been some miscommunication because i felt like every time the road went up the pace went up and never came back down <laughs> 
And then it was a good mix. It was a funny mix because you got road racers and there were guys with like full tri bikes, 808s, aero bars. They're like, this is a really. They rode aero bars yeah, in a group? I, oh. It was really odd. And people were like really staying away from that group of yeah. people. And I guess in the, I went back to read. I was like, is that legit? Like, could people ride? They said yes, but they said, you know, be mindful of like, don't be in yeah. them in unsafe manner because they didn't want to say no, not everybody could go. But we, after the first couple of miles, we didn't see a lot of those people because they were like doing intervals off the front of the group. I, I don't know. And then so weird. People are like looking so like, what are they doing? And then like after a while, we didn't see them. <laughs> yeah. Huh. It, it's, it takes a crowd, I guess. But I mean, yeah. I mean, with 600 plus people, I mean, there were people doing like 30, 44 mile rides that didn't end up doing that didn't do the climb, but everything above that 66 and 105, everyone did the, the Palomar South grade. So I definitely go back. Um, I think if people visit uh, 12 miles of the punishment, I, I, I thought, you know, Baldy had it here, but that's really only four and a, uh, seven miles and 45 minutes, but 12 miles it, it and 80 minutes of climbing, man, that's I don't know Diablo when you went, Mitch. What was the it's, times like? It's a, it's just over an hour. Yeah, so um, I, was, I was just looking it up. It's it's um it's a little just a little shorter and I think similar elevation, maybe okay. a little less. I yeah. think a little less. Yeah. But I think if you if you if you continue Diablo with like the extra couple miles, I think they might be really similar. I was gonna look it up today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Okay. Um, These are some of the some of the quintessential climbs that people like. You go visit. Pat up north in San Francisco, you yep. climb that. You come down here, you do Baldy with me, and you go to San Diego with Aaron Stifferman and those guys from ODZ. You'll do Palomar. So, but yeah, it's, it was fun. It was it was interesting. I've got Big Bear in uh, August, um, so we'll have to see. Kind of that's around ten thousand. So um, I've got a couple more to train for. So low cadence for sure. Even with the one to one ratio, um, not definitely need to do more low cadence. There's never enough that you can do. You'll always run out of gear even with a one-to-one -one ratio on your bike, um, unless, I, I don't know, I, I don't know, I don't even know. You would just have, you just run into a position where you're just below 80, um, below 70, and, and you have to be able to turn that gear. So, it was fun. Overall, the, yeah, overall the result was fun. I got an update this morning and I ended up, uh, let's see, uh, it'd be 20th overall in the ride, the whole like yes. out of the 184, and I got sixth in the age group. Um, in, out of 26 so that that was pretty interesting and then on the climb sit out of uh i want to say i forgot it. it would be a couple hundred that did the two races so i've got 200 maybe another three so out of 500 people i got 75th in the climb That's um awesome. and so and i feel like pacing was all off like it was all unbalanced but i think I, there may be a little bit more there but i don't know if i go back yet <laughs> i don't know <laughs> if i go back yet <laughs> but it's interesting but when you look at the numbers and in comparison like that was pretty cool uh, for being the day before my birthday and Father's Day, hey, that was that was yep. a good that was a good birthday. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So cool. So fun. Excellent. All right. So as we wrap up today, I want to thank everybody for um, joining us today here in the Coach's Corner. And if you like what we hear, and, and we would love for you to share this podcast with your friends. And if you have any questions or any topics that would be interested in us hearing us hearing us talk about it, send it over to coaches at endurancelab.fit. Don't, over, don't forget, you can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Endurance Lab and online at www.endurancelab.fit. We'll catch everybody on the next episode, and thanks for joining in. We'll see everybody later. See you guys. Bye. Thank you.